Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. It was a, a really interesting uphill battle. Eventually, we found our way and made a mark, educated, evangelized, and really showed uh, the market what could be done with technology and connecting, importantly, patients with trusted providers. This is profound healthcare that has huge impacts on someone's life. Bringing care where really no one else was able to bring care. That was a pretty profound thing that we wound up doing. Today's episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird Inc., where digital healthcare is their niche. Whether you're looking to implement remote patient monitoring in-house, start a chronic or principal care management program, or even leverage telehealth to optimize the delivery of care and outcomes for your patients and team, Chirpy Bird Inc. can help. They offer results-based solutions for practices and health systems to support docs and patients during this uncertain time. You can find them and all of their services online at chirpybirdinc.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast, where we're dedicated to amplifying the career journey, accomplishments, and lessons learned of women everywhere. I'm your host, Joy Rios. And I'm your other host, Robin Roberts. During the day, together we run a health IT consultancy known as Chirpy Bird Inc., where we get to geek out on all things healthcare, technology, and policy. But along the way, Joy noticed that so many women were running organizations, but too few were leading or being recognized. So we decided to change that. Together, we're learning about the puzzle that is healthcare and sharing what we find with you, our listeners. You can expect us to be talking with some pretty badass women. We will even be exploring how the pandemic is impacting many of their professional lives this season. We've also formed a private community of both guests and listeners over on Slack to help make connections, offer support to one another, and share the resources we come across. If you want to join us, check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com forward slash community. Community shoutouts go to our listeners this week. We want to thank you personally for joining us on this podcasting and community building journey so far. It has been really incredible to get to know each of our guests and introduce them to our listeners, both on the air and in real life, and grow this community of badass women who support each other's career goals. We are also super excited about the journeys that lie ahead. So, I encourage you to tune in next week for our season five finale to find out more. 
We have big plans to hit the trails. (laughs) Ha ha, hit, get it, all over the states this coming summer, and we want to take you along with us. So, more to come. High five to that, though. Am I right? All right, enough already. There are too many awesome women to talk with. Let's get started. This week, we share our conversation with Danielle Rosella, the President of Strategic Partnerships at American Well. Danielle provides thought leadership and direction to leading healthcare organizations that are implementing telemedicine. We learned a lot from our conversation with Danielle and think you will too. So let's get started. Thank you so much for joining us today. We liken healthcare to a 5,000-piece puzzle, and we believe that everyone out there in the industry kind of owns a piece of that puzzle. It's impossible to be an expert at everything. So would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you got to what you're doing now, and tell us a little about that. Sure, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to, to be with you. And yeah, I'm Danielle Rusella. Today, I am president of our strategic partnership organization at Amwell, working at an enterprise level with some of the most prestigious and complex healthcare organizations in the world. I started my healthcare journey about 15 years ago, really intently, but probably have been in the healthcare field for more like 20 years, always in technology. Prior to that, was more in the e-commerce space, you know, again, always focused on the technology enterprise sector. And then, you know, early in my career, banking and finance, had about 30 years of working and growing. Today, my work at American Well, Amwell, as we're widely known today, I joined that company at its inception, again, almost 15 years ago. And uh, you may know the the organization, we're a leading telehealth platform in the United States and globally connecting and enabling providers, insurers, patients, and innovators to deliver greater access to more affordable, higher quality care. If that isn't super relevant in today's world with what we are all still experiencing with COVID, I have never felt more relevant. I have never felt to be frankly at a place where what I am doing and the company that I'm affiliated with, we really and truly are a solution to uh, so many different issues that we all face. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a quick snapshot. So you must have seen from the inside out how the world has really changed in terms of telehealth over the last, you know, not even quite year or so. Telehealth has had like a big game and a big talk over the last several years, but it's really been 2020 that's kicked it off. Can you share with us what that's been like from your perspective? Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's probably one of the most exhilarating, exciting, um, you know, kind of moments in time. As I mentioned, I started with American Well at its inception. I was fortunate to join the co-founders and CEOs in shaping Amwell in the early days, you know, when we actually were getting ready to take the company to the market and creating a new market, this IDING a provider usually was disruptive and, you know, everyone was so suspicious. And for many people, it was not a natural thing. And we had many, many hurdles to climb and a market and perceptions to change Barrier after barrier, many of which were outside of the market, you know, the landscape, the legislative landscape, reimbursement rates, affordability, 
Medicaid, Medicare, many factors that affect what we do and how we did it, not to mention consumer and provider adoption. It was a a really interesting uphill battle. Eventually, we found our way and made a mark, educated, evangelized, and really showed uh, the market what could be done with technology and connecting, importantly, patients with trusted providers. We grew a company from 20 people 15 years ago to almost 700 people today. And just a few weeks ago, we actually took Amwell public. And that wasn't because of COVID. It wasn't you know, necessarily because of what's happened in the last year. But it goes without saying, if people were strangers to telehealth or telemedicine, or the idea of talking to a provider using your phone or your computer felt unnatural, or a provider said, well, why would I do this? I really need to have my hands on a, a patient to really deliver good health care. You know, six, seven months ago, that changed it for everyone. So I'm not saying that we didn't all believe and that we didn't see great traction in the market, but the last six or seven months really blown this a very different kind of proportion of general acceptance that this is a great and one way to get healthcare in your home, in your office, out in the community. So I guess that's, you know, I don't know if that exactly answers the question, but that's how far we've come. Yeah, I think uh, even if before the public health emergency, pre-COVID, if you were a busy mom, it was a great convenience. But now the pervasive acceptance and adoption of the digital delivery of care has certainly been a fantastic springboard in an industry that changes every day. Sometimes it's a sometimes hourly. It's like turning a big ship. And so the ability to pivot and even the coding and the billing and everything that came behind that, and Joy and I are policy nerds, that's what we were watching was quite rapid. And so I'd imagine that's that's a good thing and hopefully was uh, also good for the IPO. Let's talk about Amwell for a minute. And because not all telehealth platforms are created equal, and this certainly isn't an endorsement, but you guys deal with a lot of different specialists. So tell me, are you guys a telehealth platform that gives it to existing physicians so they can leverage it with their existing patients or retaining and acquiring new ones? Or do you guys have like your own consortium of docs where you have them come on and they can use it to get additional reach and revenue? The former is really predominantly where we focused. I mean, we were a technology company and with our technology, we can enable great things. We can, when you think of barriers, when you think of distance, when you think of areas of specialty and you're a psychiatrist, you know, sitting in New York and you can reach a patient in very rural, remote places in New York. This is where it becomes incredibly, incredibly interesting. And so, you know, we've used our technology very importantly to put it in the hands of providers to extend and allow them to connect with their patients, but importantly, to connect with other providers and other caregivers. And we can take that even a step further, you know, the notion of bringing in translators and bringing in different disciplines and multi-specialty teams around the care of their very complex patient or individual. That's everything from, you know, when you think of second opinions or you think of, again, someone with a catastrophic or very complex conditions, our technology is being used importantly to connect providers with their trusted 
patients. And, you know, we do have a network. Amwell has its own network. And that network of providers typically is wraparound coverage. It can extend and augment a health system or a provider group's own supply, but, but isn't intended to replace them. But again, rather to be an extension, especially where, you know, in certain markets where access uh, might be a challenge or, you know, again, after hours coverage or weekend coverage, particularly around urgent and primary care. But from a specialty standpoint, this is really allowing the cardiologist, the neurologist, the oncologist to deliver care in a very personal and more humane way when you think about a very sick or you know someone that can't get out of their home or that has a hard time actually seeing a provider. We saw this particularly in COVID with isolation with those that were needing to get round the clock care. And this was, you know, the only way that they could get connected with their care team was the use of technology. My thought process is how are you guys able to, to your point, bring as much care to people in that specific time of need? And that sounds pretty amazing, actually. It is. So, so, you know, let me give you two really good examples. One is, is much more basic, but incredibly impactful. And that is, this is a real example. We, do, we work with a lot of children's hospitals. And we've actually used our technology when we think of uh, children with special needs, where you have our technology and connected devices. And these devices can look in the ears and the throat and can listen to the heart and can even look at the skin. And we've got our technology set up you know, in these special needs schools where we have maybe a, a nurse or, or someone at the school there. We've got our technology coming in on the computer. We've got a, a device that's connected so we can look in the ears or the nose. And then we have a provider, since our technology can literally bring 10 people onto a single video call at the same time, we can have someone that's doing sign language and we can have the mom and dad who are not in the room all participate at the very same time in the care of that student. And that's pretty profound. And there's so many stories there of things that we've done and detected and from autism to, again, a, a child with special needs to a, a child with a chronic condition and so many different use cases there. And the other real one, maybe this hits a little closer to home, when we think of oncology patients, those that, are, that have cancer or on very rigorous chemotherapy treatments, and the idea that our technology can literally come into their home and we can bring care teams, you know, pharmacists and, you know, nurse practitioners and very specialized oncologists and medication therapy to see how they are reacting to maybe a dosage to a nutritionist. They can be on the same call. They can be strung together, you know, sort of one after another in something we call warm transfer all around very coordinated care that is literally coming to that patient from their bed inside their home. And this can prevent, you know, readmissions. It can prevent, you know, if you, you know, think about our, we have a relationship today with Cleveland Clinic and Cleveland Clinic, who is very well known in the oncology space, 
When you think of them extending their reach beyond the Cleveland and Cleveland borders and literally be able to treat patients that might be sitting in Chattanooga, Tennessee, this is profound healthcare that has huge impacts on someone's life. Hey there, sorry to interrupt. If you like the vibe of this podcast, you're going to love our private Slack community. It's super supportive, ladies-only pod, where we offer real talk, real advice, and genuine engagement to our members to help them stay inspired and level up. To join, just go to hitlikeagirlpod.com forward slash community. All right, now let's get back to the show. It sounds like Amwell isn't just then tech-enabling people, it's really facilitating top-of-the-line digital delivery of care through telehealth. Couldn't have said it better. That's tremendous. You know, it's not just another platform. It's not one of the free iPhone things. That that's If you're really looking for robust delivery, Danielle, tell us in your role then in creating strategic partnerships. You know, you brought up the equipment vendors, these sorts of things. What's been some of the most exciting projects you've worked on maybe even here in the last nine months, specific to the public health epidemic or the emergency, excuse me, and some of the other things going on. What are the things you get excited about in your role in partnering with others? The last nine months, there's a variety of stories that I could share, but some of the ones that have been most impactful over the last couple of years, and they aren't necessarily pandemic or you know catastrophic, I can give you, you know, one very, you know, it really was a very personal, emotional time when many areas were devastated by the hurricanes. And if you remember in the Houston area in particular, they were, they had severe floods. Many areas were without electricity and healthcare of all types literally stopped and we did some, some really radical things, and we did them very quickly. And one of the things that we wound up doing was we have something called a telehealth kiosk, and we literally loaded it onto an, R, an RV, and we went into areas, like I said, that had no electricity, and people were literally living in you know, shelters or in buildings. We took this kiosk that was equipped with you know, video conferencing, of course, but that was just one part of it. It had connected devices and had some other things that the next best thing. And we did it in in a matter of hours. We were bringing care where really no one else was able to bring care. That was a pretty profound thing that we wound up doing. And, you know, I can repeat that same thing when you think of the fires in, in California And when you think of, you know, certainly COVID, and when we think of times in our lives where either Mother Nature or something that's bigger than all of us prevents us from doing the things that we are so accustomed to doing, and you actually can become a real solution to uh, an epidemic, a problem, a catastrophe. For me, that's very personal. And maybe I would take it, you know, just one other step. And these are some things that we've been involved in where we can take our technology and our know-how and our care and our knowledge and we can bring it to a shelter. We've done work with women's shelters. We've done work with, you know, veterans who are trying to get back up on their feet. We've gone, you know, with the Red Cross 
And we've donated our time and our services to bringing care to communities, to individuals who are, are uninsured or not insured, or, you know, frankly, people who just can't get care. You know, these are very personal things that we can get behind and that we can change very easily, of course, with technology, but with a lot of other wherewithal and goodwill and cooperation and a commitment to the communities that we can serve. You know, the way you say it, that just sounds like it must be a really feel-good job that you do, being able to look back and feel great knowing that you've been able to help people a lot of times in their greatest time of need. When you think about and considering what you have been able to accomplish within your career, if there's anything that you could just solve, take away any of a lot of the major hurdles, time, money, resources, if you could wave your magic wand and solve a problem that you see in healthcare or health IT, what would you choose to solve and why? It does touch on what I just mentioned to you before, this idea that we have the ability to make a difference and make an impact, particularly when you think about those that have a hard time accessing care that are uninsured or underinsured, that are challenged or immobile, we actually have a very tangible solution. And I never, you know, I would say of all the stories I could recount, that's never been more true than we had been invited to a very remote place of all places in Hawaii, the big island, but more specifically in Hilo. And the closest provider, the closest hospital was, for many people, hours and hours away. And when we were able to bring technology to this, you know, very remote area, and I kid you not, to people who were living a step above a grass hut, when we brought care into that that community and showed them how easy they could when we just loaded up a computer and had a little bit of bandwidth... I would say there were tears in people's eyes of what we were able to accomplish. And so I thought, my goodness, if there was a way that we could more widely make care more accessible, repeat to some extent what we did in Hilo that one day, it doesn't take a lot. It does in many cases, it takes a piece of technology. And there's a lot of smarts, of course, on the backside and and providers, of course, need to complete the picture because they're the ones delivering the care. If I were able to change or do one thing in this space, I would say, yes, we can take what we've developed and we can make it much more widely available and accessible, particularly in those underserved areas. And it doesn't cost a lot of money to do it. In fact, if I thought about it, and the contributions and the collaboration that you can get from communities and stakeholders and the government, et cetera. This is a very viable solution to what some will make out to be a a very big problem. Hearing that, especially in that area, and I know Joy and I have had the opportunity to work in Alaska and Hawaii and the challenges of not being part of kind of what they call the lower 48 or the, the other 48 I can use the word profound, and I think there is no better word for it. It is something that's really touching to hear that when you hear how what you're doing, you know, especially if you're working with developers and business partners, how that translates at the end of the day in healthcare 
to the patient themselves, that is the win. And if that's what you're passionate about, you will, the profit will follow. And so that's just a really touching story. Thank you. It is. The other thing we'd like to know from our guests is you have had quite a long career as you've shared with us. What is something that you have learned along your journey that you think other women would benefit from knowing? Is there something that you can, you know, a piece of advice that you could help somebody kind of hopscotch or get, get past a challenge or any words of wisdom that you'd like to share with people who are maybe starting down their career in healthcare? It's a great question. And my response to this question may be a little out there, but I believe in it wholeheartedly. And that is my wisdom For me, I never used the woman card. I'm putting that in quotes or other stigmas to be an excuse for not doing something or going after what I really wanted. And that would be number one. And my number two would be, again, this is a personal thing and it's worked for me throughout my career, is that I don't think you should necessarily ask too much advice from others. And that may sound kind of strange to say, but I have always kind of followed my gut and I did what I felt that moment was right. I'm a big believer in following my sort of intuition. And if I'm wrong or I need to adjust, I only need to reckon with myself. And it's helped me on my journey immensely. It's forced me to grow and learn, be accountable for decisions that I make or don't make. And frankly, it's allowed me to make some of the hardest decisions of my career. So they would be my my two, that I don't let a stigma or the fact that I'm a woman, you need to work harder. Personally, I've never believed that. And trust me, I have had to work really hard to get where I am but not because of the, you know, because I'm a woman. And the other is I, in fact, I did a presentation to women, young women in Boston a couple of years ago. And that was kind of the theme of my presentation. It's easy to get into a pattern of always wanting to get buy-in from others. And it's a natural thing. It's a really natural thing. I just have never leaned too heavily on on anyone to help, you know, help me make, you know, decisions, frankly, that I kind of, I needed to own. They're my two big ones. I like that. I mean, I think that everybody's personal path is so unique and to be, it's nice to know that others have perhaps opened doors for you or you can follow in somebody's footsteps, but there's not a template or one size fits all for what's the right decision for your life and your particular situation. So, and I really like the concept of just taking accountability and the responsibility for kind of making your own path, what is right for you. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Danielle, what, you know, you were talking about how you gave a talk to other young women. What advice would you give to other women that want to follow in your footsteps or do something similar? It will probably sound a little hokey, but it is about following your gut, your instincts. I believe wholeheartedly that nothing is too big to overcome. And, you know, philosophically, 
I almost um, have tried harder when someone said to me, you know, oh, you'll never be able to do that or that's too hard to accomplish or at a certain age, you know, has ever got to such a level. You know, I almost invite those kind of challenges. I'm sort of self, you know, I, I always am a big believer in self-motivation and, and pushing yourself and so I, I guess I would say to any young person, I mean, you should feel that you can accomplish, uh, you know, anything in today's world in particular. There are so many wonderful opportunities. You know, clearly you need to work hard. You need to be diligent. You need to earn people's respect and trust. But I'm a big believer in you can do anything you set your mind to. As hokey as that may sound, it has served me incredibly well. I don't think that's hokey at all. That, I mean, on a personal note, that's one of the reasons why I learned to surf early in my early 20s. I had somebody tell me like, oh, that's only something that boys can do or men can do. And I was like, oh, just watch me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, Danielle, if people want to work with you, if they would like to get started on telehealth or make sure that they're doctor or physician is using your services, or if they just want to connect with you professionally, what would be the best way to get in touch? First and foremost, I invite anyone, you know, for professional chit chat or guidance of any kind. I'm a big believer in in mentoring and guiding and leading and sharing my thoughts. So I would invite anyone to reach me at danielle.rusella.com at amwell.com. If you are interested in American Well or Amwell as we are now known, amwell.com is our website. By the way, you can also find me on the website under the leadership section. We've got great testimonials, information about the company, obviously from a provider perspective, the products, the services, our philosophies, how we're serving communities and patients and consumers as well as providers, it's, it's all on there. Some really great stories of who we work with, some of the partnerships that we have, and most importantly, how we can deliver care. So uh, all are available at amwell.com. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing more about you, your journey, and the great work that Amwell is doing. We really appreciate it, Danielle. Thank you for having me and uh, have a great afternoon. And thank you for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. If you want to know more about us or this guest, check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at the handle hitlikeagirlpod. Thanks again. See you soon. Thank you to Chirpy Bird Health IT Consulting. You can find out more about them at www.chirpybird.com. I-N-C dot com.